This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. By the Book on BFM 89.9. Hello, you're listening to By the Book. I'm Sharmila Ganesan. And as always, with me, my fellow lover of convenient book buying, Lee Chui Lin. Hello. So online bookstores have become almost the default mode of people purchasing books these days. So we thought it would be interesting to speak to someone who, in fact, uh, runs an online bookstore and uh, learn about how it's done, what the plus points are, but also what some of the challenges might be. And so for that, joining us today is Ryan Theo, founder of Book Curve. Good to have you with us, Ryan. Yeah, hi. So BookCurve's been around actually since 2012. What have the last 10 years been like for you as a bookseller? What are some of the main lessons or observations that you've taken away? Basically, the first thing is don't sell books. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, I think the the fun part is that uh, we survive and then we, we learn lessons from it. Then uh, I think one of the things I want to point out is that because the direction we go when we started this is to have the largest book selection, which we actually, we, we, we learned this from Amazon. But the thing is, later on we figure out, it's actually, it's quite weak to tell people to become largest because if you did it before Amazon did it, then it's okay. But somehow Amazon did it, it's no point of, I mean, it's very hard for us to, to actually do it again. So at the beginning, we, we are not in the book industry. So this is a, a tough, tough part as well, because we are an IT guy. We develop website, we develop mobile apps. Then we say, okay, we can do something on this that we can sell online. So this is how we get started. Then the area that we focusing is, as I said, to become the largest. So we try to sell so many books in our website, but then, uh, it become a niche area because people will only Google and then find because they cannot find the books in the bookstore and then they find it in Booker. So, so it's quite tough at the beginning. So you mentioned that things were a little bit difficult at the start, but you know the pandemic was also an interesting time for a lot of business owners, uh, particularly people whose businesses are mostly online. Could you tell us what it was like for Book Curve during the pandemic and the MCOs? At the beginning, when it first happened for the first lockdown, we are very panicked because every business has to on hold and then we have no idea what's the procedure or the next step actually we're going to do because there are some orders that actually we're not yet fulfilled. So it's, it's very immediate. I mean, we have to pack things and then go home just in one, two days. So at first, we just wait for a government that what's the next step actually we can do. But again, the order keeps coming because I think people will buy more things when they are actually nothing to do at home. So at one point, we can't wait anymore that I myself go to the shop, the office, and then start to process the order because it got cancelled in the e-commerce like Shopee and Lazada, all this. So after that, we noticed that things get smoother, then things are getting back to business, then it encouraged or it forced people to actually shop online. And then only they feel, oh, it's very convenient to shop online, actually. So it helped us in terms of getting more sales and then getting more customer during this MCO. How do you view BookCurve in comparison to conventional bookstores such as Popular or MPH or, um, you know, for that matter, other bookstores that are primarily online? Where do you position yourself in the marketplace? For us, it's like, uh, you see, other bookstores have their own unique selling point. 
That's why they have uh, created their own fans, their own followers. So for us, nothing much. At first, we are just selling books, all this, and then we provide services, better services, or maybe recommend them books, and then give them fast delivery, make sure the packaging is secure, and then how they track the orders. Then at one point, we say, maybe we can have a little bit more than this as a conventional bookstore. Values that actually what readers really want. So from that, uh, I think two years ago, then we say, okay, maybe we can uh, do some trade-in program where maybe the books that are sitting around in your home, maybe you can trade in to us and then get some reward on it. So that's the point that we start to actually thinking how we can add more values to the, the readers. So from here, after that, we have this renting program that which we are actually trying right now. I hope that it will actually get more people to read. You know, when you said thinking about what readers actually want, I, I'm curious about how you found that out. Um, is it just from speaking to people? Did you run surveys? Was it just, you know, among friends and talking to other readers and saying, okay, like, what do we actually want from an online bookstore? The first is my friend. They always ask me, why should I buy from your bookstore? What's the difference? So I think, oh, we have this large selection, we have this free delivery, but somehow it really not a very strong answer. Because deep down inside me, other bookstores actually offer this. Kino maybe mostly have the largest selection in stock in terms of inventory. So free delivery, I think everyone can do. So I think, yeah, actually we, we are not providing additional value. So that's why we start to discuss. And then, then we found there's a China company Actually, they do quite well in terms of recycle the book so-called. So I feel like this idea actually will help for reader to actually play a role in the sustainability process. So that's why we say, okay, let's try it out. So this is how it gets us rolling. You've referred to tech and e-commerce a couple of times. Um, I was wondering how uh, running like an online marketplace or the way people shop online might shape or change running a book business? I think so. Because recently when I go around, like uh, go to Malacca, Ipo, all this, I feel like it's really hard to find physical bookstore actually. Only in shopping mall. And then those belong to popular or this big chain bookstore. So, so actually online is really changed how customers buy the books. But again, my point of view is Physical is actually a complement, actually. It's offline so that people actually can touch the book and then they can have a feeling of choosing and browsing compared to online. Well, online, it's like a, can say it's like a prize war, but it's convenient for them to select the best deal. So you, I want to talk about books, right? Um, and your catalogue, because you carry a lot of different categories. There's fiction, non-fiction, books in English, Chinese and Malay, I believe. What goes into the process of deciding okay, this is what we're going to have in our catalog. This is what we're going to carry. Oh, okay. Right now, we have the social channel like TikTok. So actually, TikTok is, can tell you actually what books are trending right now. So actually, we, one of the ways we heard the social media because like sometimes one BTS, they read this book and then it becomes the, the trending people that are looking to read. <laughs> yeah. So this one is quite accurate source, I would say. Yeah. And one is generally... They are like uh, famous author and then they have new release 
And that's also a part of our strategy to pick it up as normal, what usually other bookstores do. And then from the business, I mean, from the purchase of the history of customer, then we can uh, roughly know which category actually fit to our customer. Right, right now, mostly it's a young adult that actually they go into romance. That uh, It's not my category, but it's actually suit for the, I mean, there are those books that youngster actually looking at. And business, self-help, yeah. You mentioned a couple of things there. I'm curious about, um, are there particular things that are really popular with Malaysians overall? It depends on the age itself. So like for the young adult, it's mostly it's fantasy and romance. I think this will actually fit to their imagination, I guess. So for the working adult, they are like more towards like fiction, self-help, and some like related uh, for the business and economy. You mentioned earlier that romance is not really your genre. Uh, what do you personally enjoy reading the most uh, as a reader yourself? Oh, okay, I'll say it depends on ages. I can see of myself. Uh. So at the beginning, it's like more towards like uh, fantasy. Then after that, as I grow up, then it becomes like business, economics. Then as I grow older, it becomes like mostly history, uh, philosophy, all these things. Sometimes it might have our, my attention is about the fiction books, actually, literature books. We're speaking today with Ryan Theo, founder of Book Curve. After this, we'll continue our conversation focusing on what else they do besides selling books online. But let us know, do you often buy your books online? Or do you still prefer good old-fashioned browsing? WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Write to us at buythebook at bfm.my. Best Flipping Moments. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, this is By the Book with Sharmila and Lynn, and we're now continuing our conversation with Ryan Theo, founder of Book Curve. So Ryan, before the break, we were talking about what you like to read. How have your interests or your own preferences shaped the way Book Curve has come about? Um, for example, in terms of the shopping experience. I would say to provide a bookstore, still need to actually bring out what are the good books that actually can, beside bestseller mainstream, it's the best is to find those books actually curated for, for the customer. Then this is what actually we spend much time, uh, twice a, a month, so that actually we have a book scout within our teams. We try to find similar or new release or social media, what they're talking about. And then beside what other people buy, maybe we can reference as the image in Amazon because they have huge data. So we try to figure out, and also we consider pricing as well, because recently we saw there's a huge increase of the book price. It's like at least 20 to 30% that we never saw this huge of increase in the last five years or six years that we're actually in book industry. So pricing right now is a factor also for choosing a book so that is suit to the budget for the readers as well. You mentioned earlier some of the other initiatives that Book Curve has beyond selling books, uh, which is actually a big reason why we wanted to talk to you today because we okay. have uh, both shopped online, um, I've, I've yeah. bought from Book Curve, but I haven't necessarily seen a rental, which we'll get to shortly. Let's start with the trade-in though. Tell okay. us more about that. How did it start and what are you looking to achieve with it? The first in mind that we want to start this because you want to get your ideal books that you actually you books that you want to get rid away. Actually, we got a free pickup for the books. So right now, we will filter your books. At least 
the pages inside are not yellow, yellowish or, or have a mole. Still, other people can read. Plus, the title, the title is okay. That suits to our customer. Then we can actually accept those books. After that, you can see your account. These are the books that we, you have traded in, and then you can get a green point. So this green point actually can enable you to buy other used book at a fifty percent discount, or you can use this green point to change voucher so that you can buy the new book. So right now we want to modify a bit so that it will attract more readers to trade in by direct buy in, like buy with cash. Yeah, because some people you might say, oh, my book I is quite expensive. So I don't want just green point. I want cash actually. So right now we try to figure out a balance point. Like okay, good book titles that we can buy. If you buy from us within three months, we can buy back from you at a very high price, like maybe thirty percent of the listed price. So this is what we are planning for the next set to improve uh, uh this so that more people actually will join. How has the reception been for that? What's take up been? Because we we launched, I think one year plus. I think we have received at least one thousand customer. I think one thousand user that participate in this. So the books we are getting like maybe more than six or seven thousand books already in our warehouse. So I can see that good titles come in. Then the next day, few days, it will go off. I think this will actually will how to say will encourage people to to actually circulate the books lah. So um, this is something Sharmila and I have spoken about on the show elsewhere because both of us grew up renting books and relying on book rentals, especially okay. during school holidays. <laughs> um, and that's something that you also launched. Tell us about the program and uh, what the response has been like there. Uh, we launched it, I think, this year. So the the point is you subscribe, okay? Uh, let's say you we have plans starting from ninety nine ringgit. Then you can every time you rent book like just like those day like you went rent uh VCD, so you rent two books, then you pay for shipping cost. Then after you read it, there's no no late penalty fee, as long as you take your time. After you return us again, you can re- uh, rent another two books. So it's like after you return, then rent. It's similar to the VCD actually. So the response right now is not much. I think it's only like around 40 people join us. And then I can see those that actually they love to read because after they ran in our system, they will run again. Then we see, oh, this is a repeated customer. So right now we want to promote this by very clear, to give a clear message because we try to do video and then we try to uh, explain. Still, there are a bit confusion. So right now, you want to tell people more and then in very simple message that you subscribe and then rent and then just pay for shipping fee. So the books, they will ask, what book I can rent? So actually, we uh, have listed all the books in one in one list, but this list, uh, we actually will update it. So even we tell customers, you can request books that actually not listed inside so that in this way, we also can discover good titles from the reader itself. If we think it's, it's a good title that other people will read, then yes, we will bring it in for user to rent. So right now, uh, we try to balance up carrying not so much inventory for this, but at the same time, still the reader can rent their own 
their favorite book. If they come in, then they say, hey, those are not my favorite books, then they won't join. Even they have joined, then they'll feel like regret. So we don't want this to happen. Like, yeah. So what do you think is actually behind this interest in renting rather than buying? Personally, for myself, because when I say, okay, I maybe this year, I want to read like 30 books, for example. But if you buy 30 books, let's say average right now is 50 ringgit, you have to spend at least 1,005. So for me, it's like a quite a big budget, especially buy on books. So I think if let's say I spend this much, how about there's a place for me to rent? Because let's say, not to say the collection books or books that you love so much, then it's okay, you can buy. But for books that maybe you might want to read once or twice, then renting is a good way, I would say. So after this, that's what encouraged me. Hey, maybe we can start something like this. So later on, we can provide them more content besides just uh, renting books. So I think with book rentals, uh, one of the concerns which you've addressed is the, the idea of being late. So now that's no longer an issue. But the other thing is uh, worrying that you might damage the book or get a damaged book. Um, what do you have in place to try and avoid this issue? Okay. So basically, it works like this. When you rent a book, we will prepare a box so that when you return, you just put back the book in the box and then the consignment we already print for you. So you just need to stick on it and then you just go to draw off in Posaju, in MBE, in specific draw off point. Then that's it. With the box, it will make the book more secure. Yeah, so we have a, every time we ship, we will box for you so that you can easy to return. Yes. So you guys have actually done a number of things that really go beyond just being an online bookseller. Uh, What's next for Bookcurve? Next is we will try to push this one to, to let people know. Uh, the next will be, uh, I will say e-content actually. Yeah. So I think e-content can be the very efficient way to actually give out, I mean, deliver the knowledge. Because book is, for us, is one type of knowledge. Video is another type. So video can consider as e-content. So article or podcast. So the way we see the direction should go towards uh, physical complement with the e-content. So it's uh, I would say it's not uh, like ebook. It's not like actually replacing physical. It's like complementary to each other. So this is the direction we want because at the end of the day, we, we are actually a tech company, not a brick and mortar bookstore. Yeah. Ryan, thanks for speaking with us today. Yeah, sure. We've been speaking with Ryan Theo, founder of Book Curve. Uh, they sell books online, but you can also do trade-ins. You can also do rentals. Uh, some pretty fun stuff if you'd like to check them out. That's bookcurve.com, B-O-O-K-U-R-V-E. Let us know, have you uh, visited the website? Do you like this idea of being able to rent or trade in books online as well? You can WhatsApp us, 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Write to us at buythebook at bfm.my. And that brings us to footnotes. We thought we'd close off our conversation on... uh online book buying platforms by talking about our own experiences with online shopping for books. Maybe the best place to start is to ask whether you're a fan, Lynn. 
I ask this already knowing your answer, but yes, are you a fan? So um, I think this is one of those ways in which the pandemic has fundamentally changed my book buying because for a very long time, I was not an online book purchaser at all. And I still try to sidestep the quote-unquote big box sellers online because they of course exist. And I I do still try to purchase from local, small, Malaysian-based bookstores, but I have swapped primarily to online book buying. And I think that 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 has a lot to do with, I don't know, I guess with post-pandemic life and, and the ways in which our time for shopping has shifted. And I think this is true for a lot of people when it comes to retail in general, whether it's clothes or books or what have you. You just seem to have less time to spend in a mall or in or in stores. And there is something about the... Um, there is something about the ability and ease of buying online that has become appealing. But having said that, it's not universal. There are very specific things that I look for and prefer when purchasing online. I say this as someone who truly loves book browsing, Um, you know, Mm. the bookstore and being in a bookstore and looking through shelves and wandering around. Like, I truly love that experience. But I will say that in the last decade or so, I have almost... I won't say completely, but I think a large part of my shopping for books has shifted online. And it's actually for a very practical reason. Um, Cost. You know, I guess earlier on, there were platforms like Book Depository, for instance, where books were just much cheaper. And the temptation to be able to get four books for the price of what you'd pay for one and a half locally uh, was just too much, right? Especially for somebody who, who reads a fair amount. And then as time went by, I think the convenience of being able to shop online was the other thing. Often you'd get uh, books that you couldn't necessarily always get in local bookstores. What I've tried to do, though, is kind of balance that out by... Um, by buying local books locally in local bookstores. Um, I also try and order from local bookstores where possible because I I do think for me, um, I like the idea of having bookstores. I like the idea that they survive. I like being able to go in. The experience is very different. But I will say that um, I do shop a fair amount for books online. So to what I look for, right, um, I am not, I find it very mentally overwhelming when an online bookstore has a huge selection. So in real life, in an, you know, in a real life bookstore setting, lots of books means lots of browsing, the ability to walk around and spot a cover and pull it out and think, oh, okay, maybe this is for me. Um, in the online setting, I think the huge selection sometimes just means that you browse about 15 pages deep and you decide my cart isn't worth it and you just (laughs) abandon the whole thing, right? And so because of that, I have found a lot of... of ease or more comfort in buying from bookstores that have a more curated selection. And when I say more curated, I mean curated reasonably to my tastes. In other words, that there are some things there that I know I like and that I uh, or authors that I'm familiar with and that I was going to buy anyway. And then when I have a look around there are other things, I'm like, oh, okay, you, you carry kind of genres or other authors that sit within this you may also like kind of category. <laughs> and that makes it more manageable for me compared to shopping on, say, an Amazon uh, with a gigantic never-ending selection where I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what fiction I want today. Oh, no, I never browse online. I find that too much. It's just too overwhelming. Um, 
buying online for me is a very targeted, like I know what title I want. I've looked at three different options for the price uh, to see which is probably the most cost effective for me and maybe which cover I like and whatever. And then I just buy it. I never, ever browse for books online. I browse for books in bookstores. The thing that does work for me, though, is the you may like. Um, So once you've been buying from a particular site for a while, often you get targeted recommendations. Um, and I found that those work for me. I also read on a device quite a bit. So with ebooks, you tend to get a lot of recommendations like that. Um, and, and I appreciate it. But I do have, I think, um, I have a mixed relationship or, or rather my feelings about buying so many of my books online, I admit, has become more mixed as bookstores start feeling more few and far between, especially mm. in Malaysia. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I'm trying to balance things out. Like I said, it's it's been a relatively recent shift for me. And so I am... I don't think I am going to go back to heading out to a bookstore to get one book. So if, for example, I'm looking for a book for work or I'm looking for a book because for whatever reason, I know I just need that one particular title, then I will probably look online first and then have a quick browse around the shop online and see, okay, what else am I going to add to my cart? All right, that's my book purchase for this month. But if the mood grips me or if I have a book buying budget for the month that could use some sweet, sweet graphic novels (laughs) or, you know, whatever else, I am definitely still going to head to a bookshop. It's just that I do it less. I I do miss it a lot. Uh, The other thing I wanted to say is that for bookstores online, so, so important to have a powerful and accurate filtration tool. I think that is everything. Oh, searchability is so important for online bookstores because otherwise, like you said, you search a keyword and you end up with like 5,000 different titles to sift through. That's just an invitation to go look for a different site to buy from. Let us know. We've been talking about buying your books online or in physical bookstores. Let us know which one you prefer. You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Write to us at buythebook at bfm.my. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.